Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 45 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Peter Jones is with me today. Todd is being a good father, so we won't see him at all or listen or hear from him. But we have two special guests who I'll get to in a moment. Thanks to Rhonda at RM Management and Dwight at ddgcustoms.com for sponsoring our swear jar and doing all of our swag. Which reminds me, Peter, it's been almost an entire year and you still have not given me your address so I can send you the average cheese shirt. I feel like I'll, you're avoiding me once again. Well, I thought I'd sent it to you. You know, you did. <laughs> no, no, seriously, seriously, I, because our addresses are written out slightly differently from yours, I stuck it in a, in a JPEG and intended to send it to you let's put it like that okay intended all right in quotes <laughs> i will look forward to your jake or meme coming to <laughs> social media so i have it so welcome to dan and bill from zero doinks now there's two of you so that would actually be a double doink Oh, no. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. No, we haven't even met, and I'm already cutting on you guys. Just thank you for coming on. Bill, how are you this evening? Doing great. Thanks for having us. We are, we are pumped. We are friendly. And you guys are much more handsome than you sound on your podcast. <laughs> it's a true statement. And the more Dan drinks of those hams that I see in the background, the better looking we'll both get. Dan, how are you yeah. this evening? I'm great. Thank you for having us. We're we're fired up. This is exciting times for all of us, I think. We'll find out. Absolutely. Thanks again for coming on. We have to hear from you guys, and either one of you, if you want to go first, we've tried to get an outsider's view on the Aaron Rodgers mess. Now, we think it's a mess. You probably <laughs> do not. You probably enjoy it from you know your point of view. But either one of you, Dan, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers mess? I'm not mad about it at all. I love every second of it. Uh, I just will be honest with you. It's, it's me personally. I think Rogers is still going to play week one. And I, the the only reason that I believe that is we as bears fans can't have nice things happen all in the same off season. So, I mean, we're, I'm sure we'll get to the Justin Fields stuff. I don't totally understand it. What Aaron Rodgers wants. It's a mystery. I mean, I, I've, I listened to your guys last episode and it, that seems like a mystery to everyone, but I, there's no way I don't, I still think he's going to be in a part of our lives, Bill, and he's going to torture us for a bit longer. I've enjoyed the reaction. I actually don't know that I've enjoyed the reaction. I have a lot of friends who are Packers fans and they've completely turned on Rogers, which was shocking. Taking their kids, fat head posters down of him, <laughs> throwing jerseys out. I have a friend, a buddy right up the road. This family's not allowed to speak of, Aaron Rodgers anymore in their house. I'm like, wow, this has gotten really out of control. So it's been fascinating to watch sort of the reaction from the Packers fans. And as a Bears fan, I, 
I don't hate it. <laughs> Bill, go ahead. I like what Dan's saying. You know, from a Bears fan perspective, it's it's really the first opportunity to be amused by negative Packers headlines since Brett Favre was showing everybody his penis. But <laughs> but I would I don't know if I don't know if that goes into the swear jar. By the way, no but, well, penis is that's you can find that in the dictionary, Bill. But I'll put it's uh, true. There we go. <laughs> All right. There we go. There we go. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm with Dan too. And my perspective is if you really love Aaron Rodgers, Packers fans, just let him go, let him, let him go where he wants, get him the hell out of the NFC, especially the NFC North. Um, I, I'm mostly joking and, and I am amused, but like the bears fan part of me also is very nervous that Jordan love is going to end up being amazing. And, and we're going to regret like wanting Rodgers to get the hell out of there. So I don't know. I I think the Packers have, have botched this mostly, but I also understand it's, yeah, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers wants at the end of the day either. I don't know. I love your GM's name though. What is it like Brian Gusenkunst or something like that? It's something, something crazy, but bless you, Bill. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was, that was definitely a swear jar nominee, but I don't know. I, yeah. In a C word has ever been said on this show. That's right. That's right. But give us uh, you know, I guess just give us this off season to, to revel in some positivity based on Packers negativity. If you love it, set it free. Is that that's yeah, your theme for you the Peter, I always ask you if you want to comment and you've said no, but I will give you the opportunity. Any thoughts? I'm, I'm all rogered out, Dale. Bill? I, uh, <laughs> I've had enough talking about it. The fan base is split. Let's just say that. And I think the biggest question is the one that you guys have both raised is, what exactly does he want to have happen now? Whether there's been gripes in the past, whether he's upset with Jordan Love being drafted or he wasn't spoken to or whatever it might be, Jordy Nelson being released, whatever whatever his gripe in the past. I notice I've got a halo around me almost. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the big question that none of us really know the answer to is what exactly is it that he wants right now? Because stuff that's happened in the past happened in the past and it can't be fixed. What exactly is it that he wants right now? And, no, and nobody knows the answer to that question. I'm not sure yeah. that he knows, if I'm really honest. But I mean, I, I think it seems clear that he just wants the front office to be gone. I mean, I think that's the only way you fix it. But you can't set that standard moving forward, especially for uh, what? How old is Aaron Rodgers? Is he 40 yet? He's almost 40. You, you can't. You Okay, I in my eyes, he's been around since the mid fifties. Uh, so <laughs> I think that's what he wants, but that's not what he's going to get. So in the, it's back to what Bill said about worrying about Jordan love being great. When Aaron Rodgers was drafted, I mean, he came in with a chip on his shoulder because he should have been probably a top 10, uh, top 10 draftee. Nobody was sitting, nobody's saying that about Jordan love. No. Everyone agreed. That was just, that was an absolute reach. And that was a complete slap in the face to the Packers. I mean, last year, I mean, Bill, we laughed about that pick last year for the Packers because that that absolutely was the last thing they should have done. I mean, there right. were so many holes that they needed to fill. Oops, sorry, tip jar. Ooh. That sounded sexual. Apologies. It was so puzzling. And, and Aaron Rodgers went on an FU tour next, you know, last year. And if he comes back, if he and when he comes back this year, ultra nervous for the double FU tour that's about to happen. Absolutely. You know, so around here locally in Milwaukee, I turn on sports radio. The Bucks are in the playoffs looking like shit, but they're in the playoffs. The Brewers are nine and one in their last 10. 
And everything they talk about is Rogers and love everything. It's on every sports radio show. And it's like, listen, you're not talking about anything, but Adam Schefter seems to drop a fucking bomb like every fourth day <laughs> saying something stupid. Oh, the Packers are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL without Aaron Rodgers. Okay, fuck off, dude. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I had to retweet that stuff. I'm like, dude, you're a mess, Adam Schefter. I can no longer even listen to your mess. I just scroll by on Twitter. But all these things like Jordan Love, oh, my God, he couldn't get past the 50 in the two-minute drill. That was yesterday. And today it's, oh, Jordan Love throwing 46-yard, you know, this to this guy over the top of the team. Holy Christ. Get, it's okay. It's only June. Like, let's right. step back and relax because yep. we don't know. I think what you guys just said, he's kind of come back. He's going to play. So there's a couple of things. One, Dale, I wish you wouldn't sit on the fence and just tell us exactly how you feel. <laughs> and, and, and two, why are we asking Bears guys about quarterbacks? Because they've got one, maybe. <laughs> ah, Peter. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we haven't even been really these guys 10 that is a fair to go. <laughs> Bad person. That, that rip on Zero Dunks is brought to you by Hams. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need a beer sponsor peter i just saw that matt ramage got a thing from bush light like come on fucking miller light like i'm ready i drink it every day it's ridiculous i'm gonna i don't know who makes miller anymore coors which is out of denver so that's gonna suck i'm never gonna get any response from now they also make hams and they're and they're in chicago now i Coors, headquartered yeah. right across from the sears tower yeah. we'll put in a good word i appreciate it just one free beer is all I need. <laughs> all right. So let's move on from Aaron Rodgers' mess. I don't want to talk about it anymore either. Bill, any thoughts on camp? I mean, I'm sure it's about, well, I don't know what it's about. Everything's about Rodgers and love and Green Bay. What's going on in Bears camp? It's all about Justin Fields. Every single minute, nobody cares about anything else. As, as Peter said, we've never had a quarterback. <laughs> We feel like we have one now, even though he's, you know, he's thrown 30 passes in practice and we're, but, but beyond that, that's what it is. We're, we are absolutely obsessed as a city since draft night, since round one, since the bears traded up. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. Like, I think everybody's just waiting for Andy Dalton to fuck up it. Like today it was Dalton threw four picks during seven on seven and fields looked amazing. But again, there's nothing to, to be gleaned from a padless practice, but, but that's what it's all about. And most of the defense isn't showing up to these voluntary mini camps at all. How is fields doing with, with the wide receiver crew that showed up and stuff like that? Is that your takeaway, Dan, as well? Yeah, I guess the, it's weird to have a quarterback that's so universally loved, you know, locally and at a national level that I don't, that's never happened when Mitch was drafted the fan base was absolutely divided and that carried on pretty much still people s still talk about stupid fucking Mitch. Trubi oh, sorry. Oh, Mitch don't Trubisky. be sorry. Have it yeah, we, we <laughs> like, we know, I'll, we know people who still think that Mitch is going to take over the starting job in Buffalo. In Buffalo? <laughs> like, why are we still talking about him? It's very strange. And even locally with the media, with the voluntary OTAs, this is like the mandatory OTAs, right? This week. So, just the sound bites from the media is like he has a command of the off. Like 
he's carrying himself in the building as he knows he's a rookie, but he knows what he's doing. He's not showing anyone up. He's not throwing his dick around in, in front of Dalton's face to say, I'm the starter. And, you know, Nagy seems to just Nagy's doing everything but saying, like, he's my guy immediately. And he's being respectful to Dalton saying, you're our starting quarterback right now. So but I don't know. You can it feels like you can read between the lines. It's not saying you're our week one starter. It's June. Like you like you said, it's June. Everyone relax. Peter, we haven't had a quarterback in forever. So we're just rubbing and tugging ourselves every single day. Yeah. So. But you're funny, you mentioned the local media in Milwaukee. The Justin Fields talk and Andy Dalton is immediately followed by Aaron Rodgers' talk. It's It huh. almost goes hand in hand. So it's like you can't talk about – you talk about the Bears, and it's also in the same context of what's happening with, with the Packers. The, that's all all Chicago media as well. So it's not just, just not just in your hood. Huh. That's really interesting. Peter, since, before we get to the draft, What's your thoughts on how long Andy Dalton's leash is? Is it four picks in the first game and he's gone? Like, how many games does Andy Dalton even get? It's one of those situations that's so difficult. Because in, in an ideal world, you'd like to sit fields for the best part of the year. In an ideal world. You know, like Mahomes sat behind Smith for a year, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, in a way, it's a great nightmare to have. But it's a co- one of the coach's worst nightmare situ- situations. Because you know that Fields is the guy going forwards. It's just a matter of when. How patient can you be before you throw him in? And I, I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, this is a guy for me that could very easily have been the number two pick in the draft without any question. And, you know, from the outside looking in at the Bears situation... It's just a great pick. It is a fantastic pick. And then when you get, and I know I'm jumping forwards a bit and we'll get there in a minute, but then when you get another first rounder in round two in Tevin Jenkins, you know, this is a, an, an excellent draft. And I think that it's just a matter of time, Dale, but I don't, I don't know when that is. If it were me, I think they have to try and be as patient as they possibly can. Eke out what they can out of Andy Dalton. And, and, and let's not forget that Dalton's more than a serviceable quarterback in his own right, led those Bengals teams to a number of playoff appearances so that's not a bad guy to have and for fields to be learning learning behind but long answer Dale, without answering the question i think that was very aaron Rodgers like <laughs> ask a question and you just dance around it, it was perfect <laughs> during the draft we kind of just got on and started talking todd peter and i and we all of us love the justin fields move you have to do that at that point i don't care what the bears gave up to get justin fields i agree I thought for sure he was going at three to San Francisco. And when, when they didn't pick him, I was like, okay, now where does he go? I love the Justin Fields pick, and I love that guy. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. He reminds me of Cam Newton, but with a better arm and a better throwing motion. I also think, Peter, though, that it's it makes sense to let him sit and learn the game. You know, what kind of line is he going to be playing behind? Who's going to play left tackle for the Bears? Those kind of things also should determine whether you throw Justin Fields into the mix because you don't want him getting his shit pushed in. And all of a sudden he turns in Derek Carr and David Carr, where he's, you know, running for his yeah. life when there's no one there to touch him. Such a difficult balance to find. And I think that's one of one of the hardest jobs that any head coach has decisions has to make because they know where the direction they're going. They just don't know quite when it's going to be and under what circumstances. And say the Bears are four and four after eight games. I don't know what the schedule looks like, but say, you know, they're probably in contention at four and four. You know, that's probably not the ideal time to do it. But if they're, 
one and seven after eight games is that I don't, I don't know I don't know yeah. because then because then you might be they might be one and seven for the very circumstances that you just talked about the offensive line's got injuries has fallen apart or whatever it might be and you don't want to be throwing a guy in into that mix so really difficult really difficult yeah I think the, the thing that nobody knows uh and I might be jumping ahead here is how long of a leash does Matt Nagy have because if he can be patient, yeah, good point. he might do that yeah. and sit him for a while. But if he's on a short leash, I don't think anyone feels like consensus seems that he's here to stay for a while, that the McCaskey family loves him. Ryan Pace loves him, who I think bought himself a few more years with this draft. So I think that's what was the question mark of what will happen. I think if Fields is the best guy just play him. I mean, don't sit him for the sake of him being a rookie. That doesn't make any sense to me. If he gives you the best chance to win, then you should do it immediately. You're totally right. The question mark is the offensive line, which we hope will be better. But if you have a rookie left tackle, that could be disastrous as well. So in looking at the schedule, if he's not starting week one, the the Bears start at the Rams, home against the Bengals, at the Browns, and then they play the Lions at home, that's probably a sweet spot for him. If he's going to, if Andy Dalton's just mediocre and the Bears are sort of middling, that would probably be the place where he jumps in because then they're at the Raiders after that and then they have the Packers at home. Total sidebar with the Bears schedule. I don't know why this is giving me a jolly. They play home away, home away throughout the entire season. They never have back-to-back home or road games. I don't know why that we it just it's never it fallen that, fall that way. Yeah. And I think it's happened four times, I think, in the Bears history, or this is the fourth time, and they've made the playoffs uh every year that this has happened. So we've fully talked ourselves <laughs> into a playoff. Absolutely. <laughs> just on schedule alone. <laughs> Bill, Bill, any thoughts on Justin Fields and yeah, I mean I think about him every day, all day, like most Bears fans do. <laughs> I, or I'm representing him today with a knockoff. Uh, $23 jersey, courtesy of our friends overseas. Thank you so much. Uh, It smells a little bit like I imagined BJ Raji smells, just for the (laughs) record. And so that's not great. Peter, question for you. I don't mean to turn the tables. I would imagine, similar to Chicago sports radio, that London sports radio is talking about Justin Fields all the time. Is that (laughs) correct? Can you confirm? (laughs) Okay. Of course, just behind their Aaron Rodgers conversations. I would imagine. And and do you know, so what we have one of our biggest fans of our shows is Mike in England. He lives by Billinge Hill. Does that ring a bell? It's like, I think it's spitting distance from the Isle of Man. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, okay. So yeah, so he's quite some distance from me, but yeah, I, I okay. know where the Isle, Isle of Man is. But. I have to get All my right, just, map out now. Yeah, that's we, right. We love, to, we love to make Isle of Man <laughs> jokes with him. <laughs> He's also we a did. writer, right? Is he's he's a writer? So yeah. We assume, we assume that he writes erotic novels all surrounding the Isle of Man. <laughs> but does he use the word whilst? Because if he does, I will oh. read that erotic novel because I love that when Peter <laughs> writes that. <laughs> whilst. Is that I was wild. Yeah. That's how stupid I am. <laughs> no, but you, you you graciously corrected me without correcting me, Peter, which I appreciate very much. Okay, we are totally <laughs> off the rails. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the draft. A little bit. I also thought Tevin Jenkins was a great pick at two, but when they cut Charles Leno, that opens this spot up for Tevin Jenkins. Does Tevin Jenkins, as a second round pick who played right tackle in college, I don't know. 
Does he move the left tackle in the pros? That's very interesting. Bill, what do you think? Where does he go? I think he starts week one left tackle, which which I think is an argument in Andy Dalton's column. If you want to let if you want to let Jenkins learn the ropes a little bit and not get fields murdered week one against the Rams defense, you can make that argument, right? But yeah, I think Pace and Nagy have every intention of having Jenkins start week one. Also, Charles Leno, it's revisionist history in Chicago. It's like a lot of the media thinks that was a horrible decision to release him. Everybody hated Charles Leno in Chicago. So Bears fans, relax. He signed for like $3 in Washington. Yeah, Charles Leno, get out of my face. The Bears are also in in talks with, who's this, Morgan Moses, this tackle from the Washington football team. But he play, he's another right tackle, is, is he not? Yeah, so right tackle. Why, I'm curious why they want to sign him. What happens then is, do they move him to the left tackle? Is it no longer Tevin Jenkins, Jermaine Effetti, who's somehow still in the mix, <laughs> who's he's slotted to be the right tackle? So, I, I I don't know I don't know what's happening. I mean, Tevin Jenkins, they've pretty much they drafted him, got rid of Leno, and that was without saying it, they said it. You're our starting left tackle. I feel great about it. I mean, I think he's going to be. I think if Tevin Jenkins is awful that's going to get the clock starting again for Ryan Pace to get fired that was a great pick and it was in the second round he was first round value but if he for some reason sucks that's going to be a big problem for Ryan Pace that second round is a real problem for Ryan Pace see Adam Shaheen and it's he's sort of our make or break I mean Fields is the obvious one for this draft but Tevin Jenkins is the one who's probably going to make earliest impact for sure you know you look at picks and peter and i thought ryan pace and matt Nagy were going out the door at the end of the season same 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 so it's like yeah you can't make too many mistakes you got to hit a bunch of home runs in these drafts and from what everybody said you know there's been a lot of draft people out there like this is a good bears draft now peter you said it like a week or two ago it really does revolve around justin fields but yes tevin jenkins as well because if those guys don't hit and you traded up to get Justin Fields, all you have left are fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks for 2020s. It's really hard to hit home runs in those rounds. Anybody, Peter, in there after Tevin Jenkins that you love on the the Bears draft? Because you did say on our show that you thought the Packers had the worst draft in the NFC North, so you must like some of these guys on this list. Well, I think that um, I pretty much like their draft all the way through. I was just thinking about Bears tackles. I thought Jimbo Covert was still there. Um, <laughs> Bill, Bill, you'll be happy to know Bill loves to talk about Jimbo Covert. Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> you're amongst friends here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I com- immediately compared Jenkins or said he's the next Jimbo, Jimbo Covert. Covert. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, you're right in what you say, Dale. I mean, this draft because there's no picks in round three and round four, it does revolve very much around the early two picks. But when we sat there on draft night, four thousand miles apart, but together as it were, mm-hmm. and the Packers were on the board, and Tevin Jenkins was still there. We thought, yes, because we felt that the Packers needed to to fill a hole either this year or at least next year at right tackle. And we thought that Jenkins would fit very nicely into into that. So so I think to get him in the in the second round, whether he turns out to be a left tackle, I think time will tell. But I certainly think he's an NFL caliber right tackle and can play guard as well if necessary. So so I think I think I think that's a great pick. I like the wide receiver that they took in was it round six? Round six, yeah kid out of North Carolina. I thought it was solid all the way through with without picks in round three and four, but with pick, with those two picks in round one and two, which for me were two first round picks that they got there. And when I compared that with the Packers draft, 
So I, I thought the Bears got good value or excellent value for most of the picks that they had, whereas I felt the Packers, nearly all of the Packers picks were about a round too early with the exception of the seventh rounder. That was kind of my my comparison. And then we talked about the Detroit draft and the, and the Vikings draft as well. And I thought both of those two teams drafted well. So, so I thought that the NFC North as a whole, each of the teams has improved in the draft. But I think the other three teams, unfortunately, have improved a little bit more than the Packers did. Dan, is there anybody on that list that you really like? Yeah, well, I think just as an overall theme, the second and third pick, Larry Borum. I still don't know how to say his name. Borum. It's a terrible name. He he and Jenkins are mean guys. Like, there definitely seemed to be a theme that they needed to get tougher on the offensive line, which was a huge problem last year for the Bears. They, that offensive line seemed real soft. Ever since Kyle Long has left, that, that offensive line has, like, no edge to it at all. It seems like they're addressing that, but also sort of – what was the, the, the grade on their maulers – who maybe don't possess the skill or the foot speed agility to, to be the what you need. Uh-huh. Now, the guy that I love is Thomas Graham Jr., the cornerback from Oregon. I'll be honest, didn't really watch him play, but I for some, you know, <laughs> but it seems like he's he's somebody who's a playmaker who's generally around the ball and he's not afraid to to get his face on your chest. He's, he seems to be a hitter. He also seems to be playing with a chip on his shoulder when they talk about him. Because he opted out last year, he seems like you talk about value. He seems like a guy who would have gone higher if if he had played last year. So as an opt out guy, it feels like he shouldn't have been where he was, and the Bears just scooped him up. As a whole, you know, the Bears shocked they re- resisted getting like four edge rushers. They every year they need all these edge guys. These, these Leonard Floyd's. I mean, I know he was a high draft pick, but these guys who are like so much upside. I mean, I think they. They did a good job of taking the best value where they were at. I totally agree with you, Peter. Thomas Graham is is a guy that gets me excited. And I'll be honest, I don't I have no rationale for it. I, for some reason that he was an Oregon duck, I also enjoy. Yeah, well, there's there's only two guys we haven't talked about who happen to be my two favorite outside of <laughs> Justin Fields. Running back Khalil Herbert, running back Virginia Tech. I love him based on the three highlights I saw. Plus he has six toes on one foot, six toes. You heard that right. Also seventh rounder Kyrus Tonga from BYU. Fantastic name. First of all, did watch a lot of BYU games when I tried to chase the old gambling gods on Saturday night and completely failed. He, I, I think he can be best described as a bit fat. He's also like 30 years old. He is projected to make the team. So so we'll uh, we'll see. I don't know if that says more about him or the lack of depth on the D-line. That Kyrus Tonga has a super interesting story. I was just watching it before we came on. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to go on this podcast with guys I've never met. And I'm tearing up like, oh, my God. They're going to be like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? <laughs> but yeah, so he was basically homeless. And was adopted by this family, this Tonga family, who big religious family, and he ended up going on a mission. So he went, he was going to go to Utah, and they're a big Utah family. And then he decided he wanted to go to BYU so he could go on a mission and do things for God, which I thought was pretty cool. Like a kid who really didn't have a family background all of a sudden decides that he's going to do well for others. So I kind of am rooting for that dude. I thought for sure was Chris. I thought it was Chris until I watched it. So thank God I watched that video right before, we, <laughs> before he came on. I would have sounded oh, stupid. Like I we wouldn't have judged was, you. Yeah. I thought it was Chris until you just said it. So don't feel bad. 
Kyrus. I love it. I just love the name. One of our favorite Packers when he was here was Jimmy the Statue Graham. <laughs> so does Jimmy the Statue make the Bears roster with Cole Komet, you know, coming up behind him? What are your thoughts, Bill? Does he make the roster this year? He does, and I'm not saying he necessarily deserves to, but I think the time to cut him was when they decided to cut Kyle Fuller instead. They both basically had the same cap hit to clear a little space, and they chose Fuller over Graham, which was a bit of a surprise, at least to me and and Dan Doinks here. I don't like it. I mean, he was the red zone target that the Bears have missed for, for a long time. We'll give him a little bit of credit. He was actually a lot better than either of us would have predicted, but Man, he is unbelievably slow at this point. He mistimes jumps. He still can't block. I don't think he's great at flying planes either. He puts a lot of that on Instagram and makes us very nervous. Uh, so no, yeah, I think I think he will he will be on the team this year only by default, not because he deserves it. It's Cole Komet's time. Let's be honest, Cole Komet. He's taken over that tight end room. Reason number like eight million and five that Ryan Pace should be fired is that. Jimmy Graham's contract is heavier on the second year with money than it was on the first. What in the fuck? I love him for that. Like, yes. Way to make that makes no sense. He's like 714 years old. Like, why are you still paying that man tons of money? I love it. I love him. I love I love that you have like the change preloaded before you're gonna swear. Like before. <laughs> like, and you know it hit you say fuck and it's already <laughs> dropping in there. Uh, it's yeah. Sorry. You're welcome. No, you're good. Who are we donating to? Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> habitat for uh, humanity. Yeah. All right. Habitat for humanity. <laughs> yeah. That Bill's exactly right. The, the cutting Jimmy Graham ship has sailed. That should have happened a while ago. And talking about Andy Dalton, we've given him 10 million. What do we all, well, we could have gotten him last year for 3 million having to get rid of Kyle Fuller. And this is a bears fans, you know, after they cut him bears fans like, yeah, it wasn't that good anyway. Like they've totally talked themselves into him regressing and he, he was great, but now immediately the, a huge fill for the bears, a huge need is cornerback. Corner. You no, know, Jimmy Graham, sh- he will be on the team at this point, whatever, just throw him out there. He was much better than we expected. Much better. That's some really low expectations. Big time. But like, you know, I mentioned Adam Shaheen earlier. We're, we we would take anything at this point. I I will admit that I love watching Jimmy Graham get tackled because it seems like it takes him about six to eight seconds to fall to the ground. I don't know why it goes down and goes down in installments doesn't it it's it's almost like he's nine feet tall he's like a tree slowly falling to the ground i do enjoy watch i don't enjoy watching him play football but i enjoy watching him tackle yeah big time i love that he wasn't that good anyway i think we'll save that one for packers fans in about late august when aaron Rodgers gets traded to denver see who the first packer fan to tweet that is well he wasn't that good anyway yeah (laughs) Somebody somebody will. Yeah. It it happens. Yeah. We do it too. It's not just a bears thing. (laughs) Let's get on to this. This is all this was my favorite with uh JB from Vikings Twitter. I really feel like he trolled us a little bit, Peter, with his favorite moments and his favorite uh Viking stuff. So Let's see what these guys say. Bill, your favorite bear of all time. The easy answer, and and it is sincere, is Walter Payton. I think most, I shouldn't say most Bears fans, I think a lot of Bears fans would feel that way. As a 90s kid, you know, raised in the 90s, my formidable years, I was looking at the roster of like 90s Bears, horrible. So like 
Mark Carrier was my favorite bear in the 90s. And then more recently as an adult, you know, in the 2000s, it was combo of Devin Hester, Brian Urlacher, like those two. They were appointment television, even with mediocre Bears teams. But Walter Payton still still holds my heart. Rest in peace. The obvious one is Walter Payton. A sneaky one that I had was Curtis Conway. I had a, an unusual love for him. He had like a few good years, but he just seemed like a bad son of a bitch. And I loved him for it. Bill, you took mine. I mean, I've mentioned this to other people's favorite bears and Devin Hester seems like a weird one because he was a punt, you know, he's a kick returner, but there's never been like a, an NFL player who's like, you drop everything you're doing to watch this one play, right? Like he's like the, like, that's how it was with Sammy Sosa in 98, you know, 98, the home run race, no matter what you were doing, you just stopped and watched what was happening. And then you could go take a piss break after that. That was Devin Hester. When he was out on the field to return a kick, you just, you didn't in soldier field, you would sit there. No one would move. There'd be the punt team, you know, the other team's punt team would come on. Nobody moved. You know, now you just like, okay, now's my chance to run, get a, get a beer. Nobody would move. And then the minute that play was over, they would go. Cause you knew that like, that doesn't happen with literally anybody else. Like, I mean, a Roger, I mean, there's other Rogers, you know, Tom Brady, they, they're good throughout an entire game, but that one home run hitter, that was Hester. You'll never see someone like that again. If Devin Hester would have been returning punts in 2020, he would have had nine punt return touchdowns against the Packers alone. (laughs) Along the same lines, can I ask you a question? At any point, did Cordero Patterson ever scare you as a Packers fan when he was on the Bears? Never. Perfect. Because I've been saying, like, I don't get the infatuation with Cordero Patterson, and he's now gone. But I never understand. And and I'm so glad he's gone because Matt Nagy putting him in the backfield will forever like confuse me but i i've always bill am i right like every week i got upset that cordero patterson was is involved at any point and that he was making good money for a kick returner because he when he returned like one kickoff two kickoffs with the bears he wasn't good but but people but he was a pro bowler what are we doing that's when you're like all right let's just not do kickoffs anymore that's how we were last year we would have taken him last year so you'd have been better than anybody that the packers had back there to be fair. Yep. My favorite, I just didn't want to let this moment pass. My favorite Packers special team coach of all time, Ron Zuck. I miss <laughs> seeing him on the sideline. I'm a, I'm an Illini guy. And the fact that he was on an NFL staff, it still just brings joy to my life. <laughs> the Packers have a knack for picking bad special teams coaches. It's what we do. <laughs> yeah. We'll see with this new guy. Peter, go ahead. Favorite bear of all time, Walter Favorite, Payton? Well, it's got to be Edgar Bennett, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, Julius Pe- or Julius Peppers. Um, no, I mean, it, for, for me, it would, it would be Walter Payton. I mean, I, I grew up, Earl Campbell was my was my guy. That shows my age. For, from that Bears team, the, un, the unfortunate thing, of course, about it was that, that that Bears team was always beating our Packers throughout that whole period. It's difficult to go beyond Walter Payton. Yeah, I love that too. My gosh. And actually, you know, he had this kind of squeaky clean reputation. So when he threw, was it, who did he throw over the bench? Mark Lee. Mark Lee over the bench. Yeah. That game. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I've been waiting for that for years, Walter. He named a man of the year after Walter Payton only after he threw Mark Lee over the bench. I also loved Mike Singletary, who looked like oh, he yeah. 
snorted about 15 lines of cocaine before every game because his eyes were like as big, you know, they were just gigantic. I actually love that intensity. I, that was a big thing for me, like just watching him. He looked like he wanted to kill everyone on the field that wasn't wearing a Bears jersey. So I really like Mike Singletary. He was he was great. He doesn't Singletary doesn't get as much love as he should. You're right. Like it, honestly, like Singletary was amazing. It didn't eat and was like is an afterthought sometimes with those 80, you know, the 80s Bears with Richard Dent and McMichael and Hampton. I mean, he's sort of like the fourth wheel sort of in that mix. And he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's he's unbelievable. Yeah, he doesn't get as much love as he should. And yes, he did a lot of cocaine, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And you're absolutely right. You know, in that in that 80s team, there's so many names that you can pluck out, particularly from the defensive side of the ball. But obviously, Walter Payton on offense. But you know, you mentioned Hampton and McMichael and Richard Dent and Wilbur Marshall and all of those guys. Guess also with with Singletary, Dick Butkus played the same position. So so you're automatically putting him yeah. behind Butkus. You know, it's, so there's lots of factors why he doesn't get. You say it's a Hall of Famer, probably doesn't get the recognition he should get. So this is unfair to bring this up because there's a lot of favorite Packer Bear moments. But let's start with you, Bill. Favorite Bear Packer moment of your lifetime? I was searching the memory bank and coming up very short. There's two that jump out. I will be brief. First one was my first trip, one of only two trips to Lambeau Field, actually. It was Lovey Smith's first game against the Packers, 2004, when the Bears somehow beat Brett Favre and uh, in your green and gold 21 to 10. So that, that was a good memory that jumped out. Another Brett Favre 2015. It was his Jersey retirement celebration on Thanksgiving night, if you recall it at Lambeau and somehow Jay Cutler and the bears knocked off the Packers Thanksgiving night. I was with visiting right. my in-laws who are Packers fans nice. and I enjoyed it big time. Uh, Jay Cutler, there was always a rumor in Chicago that because of his diabetes, he could not play well at night. That doesn't make sense. So he uh, he proved everybody wrong that night. Uh, I think the Bears still only scored like 16 points. So let's not, you know, let's not brag. But those were the only two games. Every, everything else is a horrible memory that I have. Um, I, I've drank Trust out of me. my memory. Yes. Same thing. I was like, <laughs> oh, you know what? I should just say just the exact opposite of that NFC championship game. Fuck you, Chris Conti, you asshole. Uh, <laughs> so I have three. The most recent one was uh, 2018 when the Bears clinched the NFC North at home playing against the Packers. We were flying high. Little little did we know that zero doinks the show would be born out of the, the double doink because we were so angry. We knew we needed to record mm-hmm. our voices swearing and the Bears directly that will be recorded for the end of time. My other one was 2007. I, I had to look this up. 2007 Sunday night football in Green Bay. Desmond Clark catches a touchdown with like two minutes left. And I only remember that it's a very personal thing. I worked, used to work in the banking industry. The next day was Columbus Day. So it was a, the banks were closed. I got very drunk during the game, which is what one does during Bears games because that's the way to make them tolerable. And then after the Bears won, I got even more drunk, like blackout drunk. And it's something my wife still brings up to this day of just how obnoxiously drunk I was. And it was only because the Bears beat the Packers. But my third one, 2010 in Minneapolis, actually, when Corey Wooten ended Brett Favre's career, I somehow <laughs> felt like that was the one of, my, one of my favorite Packer moments because he is my 
least favorite player of all time. And it purely comes out of him crushing the bears forever and him showing his penis to women who weren't asking for it via text. Is that fair? Can I claim that one? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So that's my third one. My third favorite bears Packer moment. Peter, go ahead. I'm struggling to remember any of those games that Bill and Dan have just described. With yeah, the we Packers, repressed the Packers those. losing to the Bears. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> we turned those games off at fucking halftime. I don't, I, I, <laughs> I don't remember any of those games. So I guess from a Packers perspective, Charles Martin always comes to mind. Tackling Jim McMahon, let's just mm-hmm. let's just say that. Um, gently but, bringing him to the gently, ground. Yes, gently, yeah. I guess the one for me that comes to mind, will always come to my mind and it's not a great one for Bears fans but for the instant replay game but for for the Packers it wasn't so much just that play it was the fact that was the first time the Packers had beaten the Bears in forever you know and the Packers have been a bad team throughout the whole of the 80s a really bad team that whole season the 1989 season for the Packers was one that shouldn't have happened because they weren't that good. They, they shouldn't have been a 10-6 and 6 team, but they somehow got to 10-6. and 6. And that win over the Bears, like I say, because it was the first time they'd beaten the Bears in forever, I think was a special a special moment. And of course, the way it came about just kind of adds to the to the law of that. So that's that's the one for me. I mean, there's been a whole bunch of others since then. I guess you, you always have to pick on the <laughs> NFC Championship game of 2010, but it wasn't a great game. You know, it was the Packers somehow great just ending. about... Just yeah. To, yeah, it was a great ending. The Packers somehow just about held on against the Bears, you know, seventh string quarterback by that stage. But yeah, it'll always be that 1989 Mikowski to Sharp end at fourth down, end of the game. I remember that game because I was at Whitewater and at uh, University of Wisconsin, Whitewater has a lot of folks from Illinois that come yep. up and go to school there. And there was a guy down the hall from me that was from Illinois and we're watching the game, of course. And as Packer fans, we're like, yeah, he scored and all this. And, you know, <laughs> so this kid from Illinois comes running down the hall. He was about, I don't know, 350 pounds. So not running exactly, but whatever you call that from a man that large. And he jumped on my bed and smashed it because he was so mad. He's like, what? <laughs> jumped on the bed and smashed my bed. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Like, you got to fix. Anyway, I don't know why I remember that. I can remember Mikowski <laughs> scoring, you know, throwing that pass. And then also this gigantic human running into my tiny dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> and, Was it Ted Washington by any chance? He was Ted Washington-esque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he barely fit through the damn door. So I don't know how he like buttered himself through to get through to then jump with any momentum on my bed. But he did it. And I had to sleep with like a box underneath my bed for the whole thing because the whole rest of the year. Anyway, what the hell am I even talking about? Here? <laughs> I'm not editing that out either because I just put another quarter in. So in all seriousness, let's get back. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I look at the schedule and the NFC North has a brutal schedule, you know, with the Browns and the Bengals and the Ravens. Playing those games is going to make it tough on the Bears and the Packers for sure. So, Dan, let's start with you. Any thoughts on, like, what a record? Have you thought about what you think the Bears record will be this year? I tell this to many people. I'm having a lot of trouble finding a loss on the Bears' schedule this year. So, uh, <laughs> 17-0, I looking, baby. I keep looking at it. I just can't find one. It's I'm really trying, guys. Uh, no, I think I can't picture the Bears being significantly worse this year. I mean, we were – 
bouncing around with dumbass Mitch, you know, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles last year. I don't feel like we've gotten worse. I kind of feel like we've got we've improved <laughs> as and maybe that's a dumb Bears, you know, meathead take. So I, I, what did we end up with? Eight, eight, were we eight wins last year? I've, I've sort of yeah, blocked yeah. last year out. So I find that I feel like we're going to be at least eight wins. I see us maybe nine, but there's a lot of things that are going to go our way to get there. Somewhere in that nine, eight range sort of feels right. The Lions are actively trying to lose. Like they're, they're tanking, right? I mean, they trade it already. They're just acquiring draft picks. It feels like. Does Jared Goff scare anybody? No. no. Does Kirk Cousins scare anybody? I mean, I don't know why we keep talking ourselves into the Vikings either. Kirk Cousins? No. Get out of here. Get out of my face. So All I guess to do some, is turn around, though, and hand it to Delvin Cook, and they might be okay. Doesn't scare me. Delvin Cook doesn't scare me either. All right. I'll, I'll tell you that. I feel like we, we that, that plays into our strength on the Bears. So I see us nine wins. That might be nine, ten wins. Uh, give me until like July. I'll have us at fifteen. <laughs> a couple more hams, maybe you'll be at fifteen already. You'd be surprised what hams does to the confidence. <laughs> you would not. Okay, fair enough. You just yeah, grab I another think... beer back there before you, you're like, oh yeah, yeah I'm getting to fifteen too, Danny. Right now, <laughs> I was I was pointing to my pointing to my roommate requesting another hams. My wife will hate being uh, referred to that. The. Uh... <laughs> I, I think I think when Dan and I ran through the schedule initially, I'm pretty sure I had the Bears at 14 and three. I don't sincerely believe that. I so Vegas has over under seven and a half, so I'm going nine and eight, uh, which is weird, right? 17 games, that's super yeah. weird. I think the big mystery, obviously, is is Aaron Rodgers. I think if if he's back, Packers are chalk, of course, right? If if he's not, I think it's going to be a bunch of teams that are kind of the same, with the exception of the Lions, who are trash. So I. Nine and eight, if Rodgers is not a Packer, could win the NFC North this year. And that's not that's not a compliment. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, so I think there's I think the unknown between Justin Fields and what kind of impact he'll have on this year and Rodgers coming back. It's yeah, I'd, I'd go nine and eight and ask me in July and August. And I'm, I'm probably also going 14 and three again. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Peter, you want to chime in on that at all? No, uh, no. Well, I know two games they'll lose. And um, no, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like Bill just like like Bill just described. I think that nine or ten wins could win the division. Aaron Rodgers isn't with the Packers. It will be a wide open division if Aaron Rodgers isn't with the Packers. I think. I don't know. Like I said, I I, I think I think the Bears got better in the draft. I think the Vikings got better in the draft. We'll see how it pans out. Like like you all said, on the, the schedule's just horrible. It's just horrible having having the you know the AFC North and then the NFC West. And then, oh, let's, then let's just throw in the Kansas City Chiefs as the Packers' 17th game while we're at it. You know, just, just, yeah, just to make it look fair. even better. That's not fair. That's not fair. We get the Raiders, which has been like a hot destination for Bears fans, booking trips to Vegas to go to that game. Yeah, we, we, got, the, we got the best of that situation for sure. <laughs> to be honest, I, I really don't know. I think, I think it'll be tight if Rodgers isn't there. You know, I look at their schedule in October – they play the Raiders. Who who knows what the Raiders are going to do, right? Sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're bad. Yeah, that'll be a fun trip, though, either way. It'll be full of Bears fans, right, in Las Vegas. Then they play Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, who should be a lot better. Pittsburgh, yep. who knows. 
Baltimore, like that's not October, but that's like six games in a row that could determine which way their season goes, right? If they can come out of that with a couple wins, then yeah, then nine and eight starts to look like a very distinct possibility. That's a brutal stretch of games, you know, going into your bye. Yeah, I mean, it's like any schedule, isn't it? It's not just about who you play, it's when you play them. And, you know, you could go to Baltimore and Lamar Jackson's out injured for three weeks and, and you don't have to play against it. Like the Packers didn't have to play against Mahomes when they went to Kansas City a couple of years ago. You just hope that that kind of thing happens. But Well, shit, Nick Foles beat Tom Brady last year. So, like, it is, it really is. And, and the, in Tampa Bay, they had a bunch of injuries as well. It real dinged up when we played them. Tom Brady forgot what down it was, so that helped. But it's, you're totally right. It is when it all, and that is a really rough stretch for the Bears. And But I think once we hit that stretch, we'll know which way we're heading, one way or the other. It'll be very clear. The only guarantee, too, on the Bears' schedule, if I don't know if you guys are gambling people at all, but whoever we're playing after the bye week, go the other way because Matt Nagy sucks out of the bye week. You can ask our resident gambling expert, Rick Fieldsman. I think he's already put like $300 on whoever we're playing. <laughs> after. Baltimore. After yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. oh yeah, we're screwed. We are also bad after the bye week too. Yeah. So that's maybe you should look at that. Just, I don't bet, but maybe those are two games. Like, okay, those are, I can actually make some money on those. Where do you guys have the Packers this year? I'm curious. We I, haven't you, done you gotta, it yet. I haven't okay, even looked no, no. at it yet. Cause I think All that's right. a show coming up. And yeah. it, it, it's exactly what we talked about. If Aaron Rodgers plays, that changes the schedule and changes what happens for sure. So it's I think we'll probably do a with Aaron Rodgers record and without Aaron Rodgers. Record. I, I was curious today. I was looking on our local gambling websites today to see where the Packers landed for win totals, and they're they're not even published. So oh. it's just funny how. They're just, they're not even taking a stab at it. So no, one player uh, can change that number. So isn't that amazing. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's got to be one of the only guys in the league that could influence it that much to just not even publish a, a line. Brady Rogers, maybe Mahomes, but Mahomes got a lot Mahomes. of weapons there, but may not be. Yeah. As yeah. Yeah. But it's a good point. That, that was interesting. Maybe you guys should plug your social medias. I don't think I did that. So I apologize. Not a good host. That's okay. Yeah. You can find us at zero doinks on Twitter and Instagram. We love it when people slide into our DMS. So, you know, let's, let's get weird online, but we, uh, yeah, we, we appreciate the opportunity, guys, and, and thank you for uh, being very kind and welcoming. And I think your next sponsor should be Tombstone because it is the official it's the official pizza of Lambeau Field. I think you guys need to upgrade that at Lambeau Field. Tombstone, come on. Yeah. That's trash. Frozen pizza. It's disgusting. <laughs> Go with the $2 jacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I want to just echo what Bill said. Thank you guys for having us. And we... Bill and I did take a trip up to Lambo in 20, I'm getting my year, 2019. We took, we went up there. Mitch almost had an idea to, to bring us back home, but it didn't happen. Bears fans are such assholes to, to visiting fans, especially Packers fans. And I, I, it's something that I hate that about Bears, you know, meathead Bears fans. And when we went to Lambo, I wanted people so bad to be jerks to us just to like pay it, pay it. Not that it's not me doing it, but I felt like I needed to take the heat on behalf of Bears fans. And Packers fans could not have been nicer. I mean, and I love, I get it. I totally get it. What the whole experience. 
And it still pisses me off to this day that someone didn't call me a motherfucker <laughs> or, or something worse at just wearing my bear stuff. So yes, thank you guys for having us, right but just Packers fans be a little meaner to us, please. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. With that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after a loss though, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's nice when the Packers win, but you know, you get a little crazy drunk and you start to be angry when Packers lose. So maybe come going forward, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. You can go to Lambeau and be like, yep, here we go. Not one person called me a fib the entire time. And I was real disappointed about it. I am also disappointed in that. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, any closing thoughts before we go? No, I'm just amazed with, with me on this pod, how much you've put in the swear jar, Dale. Now, no, I know. Norm, you normally never guys, cuss when you're on. Normally, guys, nobody cusses when I'm on. I don't. I don't quite get that. But sorry to turn your responsible ear. <laughs> say say bullocks or something or like bloody. <laughs> Peter has cussed a whopping two times. The entire time he's been on, the enti- all the episodes combined, two times mm-hmm. they were both in the Aaron Rodgers one. Can I we make it three? Can we make it three right now? For everybody? Oh, God, Peter, let's do it. <laughs> I bloody well don't remember that. You yes. don't? <laughs> yes. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I was like, what? That counts. I think that counts. But I just want to say thanks to Dan and Bill for this. Has been, this has been so cool. This yeah. has been so cool. Really, 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 really neat. And as, as I say often to, to guys that we talk to, that for me being so far away, to be able to have this type of conversation is just absolutely fantastic. So I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate All it. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 45, the Dick Wildung episode of the Average Ooh. Cheese. Yeah. Put a quarter you know, in the jar. Is- <laughs> Say that again. What was that again? Dick will do? What? <laughs> Dick will do what? I think what? it was mildew. I'm pretty sure mildew. <laughs> will dung. <laughs> I had to look that up because we don't have like Gary Fensick or Doug Plank or whoever wow. was 45 for the you, Bears. Yeah. We don't have that guy. I could have said the Vice Sikahema episode because he wore it for like one year or something. Not a whole lot of 45s. Anyway. That's fair. Go, Pat, go. Bears. Bears.